Well, Merry Christmas. I'm Pastor Mark, in case I haven't got a chance to meet some of you. Uh, welcome to Desert Foothills. It's great to have you here on this Christmas Eve. We've been talking about a child of promise for a little while now on Sundays, but today, obviously, we kind of culminate here into these, this wonderful promise uh, that is fulfilled in Jesus and this wonderful promise that Jesus gives to each and every one of us. Now, we are so blessed. It is so cool that we live in an age where we can look back and see how Jesus fulfilled hundreds of promises throughout the Old Testament period, all the time before he was born. And know that because God has fulfilled all of the promises that he's made, the few that are left for us to see come to fruition are certainly going to happen. God always keeps his promises. I want to look at kind of the perspective from Mary as she considers these promises of God in her life. And before we jump in, I just want you to just place yourself in this moment. I think some of you may have even experienced this uh, exactly, but uh, uh, something similar for sure. It's Christmas morning, and your daughter has just opened the Cinderella Princess Castle with dance floor. And there's wrapping paper spread all over the room. And she's running around, tripping over the wrapping paper, telling everybody in the room what she has just been given. And she's running over to you every 10 seconds to see if she can play with it yet. And you are sitting on the floor. You've opened the box. You've pulled the castle out of the box. This thing is huge. You don't know where you're going to put this thing. And you pull out the bag with the, all the plastic pieces. Each one has to be attached to the castle. You pull out the sheet of decals that needs to be stuck all over this castle. You pull out the instructions and you unfold this huge map and you spread it out on the floor. And you're sitting there with all these pieces trying to figure out how you're going to put them all together so that your daughter can experience even greater joy. If you've ever experienced a moment like this, then you've got a little glimpse of what's happening in our Christmas story today. See, the shepherds are out in the field at night, and God peels back the thin layer of sky so that when the angels look up, they, the angels, when the shepherds look up, right, they don't see stars, but angels. There's this glorious light that is filling the night sky. And this beautiful song that this chorus of angels sings to them, they, the shepherds feel like they must be in the presence of God. But the angel's song declares that God is present with them. They run to Bethlehem. They run to the stable to visit Mary and Joseph and to see the baby Jesus. And then they leave, telling everyone what they have seen and heard. The world is bursting forth in excitement. But on the other hand, Mary is treasuring up all these things and pondering them in her heart. See, the works of God 
shattered Mary's life. She's remembering just nine months earlier when the angel Gabriel announced to her that she was going to give birth to a son. His name is Jesus, and it almost wrecked her engagement. There she is without a home, laying her newborn, her firstborn child in a feeding trough. That's what it was. And then the angels come with their story of a broken sky and angels singing. And she's left with all of these pieces that she's trying to figure out how they all fit together so that she can have a deeper joy. This is the moment that Luke wants each of us to experience today. To experience an abundant joy that God has for us. Not a superficial happiness or good moods, good times, but a joy that is rooted and grounded in something solid, something that doesn't move or shake with the wind or the circumstances of our life. So I want to just take one piece of the Christmas story, and I want each of us to be able to experience God's abundant joy through these pieces of the Christmas story that I hope you'll carry with you and attach to your story. And this, the part I want to talk about is just when the angel speaks to the shepherds. Okay, before there's the big chorus singing, there's just one angel that appears. And the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. A great joy. Now what makes God's joy so great. Normally when we think of something as being great, we think that it is self-evident. Right? If you go to work and uh, your friend asks you, hey man, did you see that game last night? You're like, yeah. He's like, wasn't that a great play? You don't need to go and watch the whole game again to figure out which play he's talking about. Right? It's the play that they did on replay like a dozen times. It's the play everybody talked about after the game. It's the play that made the Sports Center highlight reel. It is abundantly clear. So normally when we talk about something as being great, it is obvious. But apparently that's not the case with angels. Because notice the angel had to give those shepherds a sign to know what to look for. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, if this great joy were obvious, the shepherds could have just walked into Bethlehem. The first person they ran into, hey, we're here to see this great thing. Oh, yeah, that great thing. You go up here, you turn left. It's great. But no, the, the angels point the shepherds to a place they would have never looked for a great joy. As a matter of fact, it could be argued, this is the least likely place to find great joy. Again, remember Mary's circumstances. The shattered plans that she had with her betrothed, her, her beau, her fiancé. Just whole plans for life. Wrecked. Now we're going this way. And it is not an easy way to go. Because of the census, having to travel, what, 65, 70 miles 
in the last days of her pregnancy. They get there. There's no room for them. She's recovering from her first childbirth, and she has to lay her baby to rest in a a feeding trough. If you were to look at Mary's circumstances, you would say, I'm not sure God is in this. Right? I'm not sure God is for them. Well, wait, isn't that how we think about our own life? Right? If think about it, think about it. If something good happens in your life, what do you say? It's a God thing. But what if something is going horribly? What do you say? Well, maybe God doesn't want me to do this. We don't look at our circumstances, though. We listen to what God says to us. God's joy is great because it is not limited by human circumstances. This is the point. This is the point. Why is God's joy so great? Because it's not limited to our experiences, the ups and downs of life. God's joy depends on his love. It doesn't depend on our circumstances. It depends on his love. That's the good news because that means that God's joy can be found anywhere. In the worst of circumstances, in the smallest of places. God's love can go in and claim those things as works of God and find that great comfort. It's a comfort that a pastor I know saw very real one Christmas. He had a a parishioner named Lois, and Lois was spending this Christmas at the bedside of her daughter, Claudia. Claudia was one of the very first weddings he performed when he came to that church. And what had started off as breast cancer had spread to her brain and her bones And she was at home in hospice care, dying this Christmas. The pastor came over to visit and said, Lois, I know this must be really hard, especially, I mean, this time of year. And Lois said, yes, it is, Pastor. And uh, it's even harder that every day my husband brings the mail over from the house. And every day I open up cards from friends who don't know what's going on. And every day I open up a card from a friend who's wishing me a Merry Christmas. And it's hard, yeah. But she said, I would like to send Christmas cards out this year, but I just can't. The pastor said, of course you're not going to send Christmas cards. Everybody will understand. But Lois said, Pastor, you don't understand. I want to send Christmas cards out this year because this year... I realize what Christmas really means. And he said, well, what do you mean? He said, every day I sleep when Claudia sleeps. I get up when she wakens. I give her morphine. I turn her. I change her. I bathe her. And I know that I could not do any of this if God wasn't with me. Pastor, that's the meaning of Christmas. God has come to be with us. God has come to be with Claudia so that 
Someday Claudia will be with him forever. That's the good news of Christmas. That's the great joy. God has come to be with us so that in the end, we might be with him. I know a lot of us have this image of the perfect Christmas in our mind. And every year, we work so hard to try to make it come true. We search so hard to find the perfect gift for the people in our lives. We cook so hard. We we try to cook the perfect meal. And we want to have the perfect family gathering. And I, Pastor Mark, would love to have the perfect Christmas Eve service without rain. Right? We have this image in our head of what Christmas is supposed to be like, and that image is perfect. But this world is not perfect. And none of us are perfect. We're all filled with and affected by sin. And when we realize that whether it's this, you know, the same family argument that just happens every year or uh, some separation, broken relationships caused by either divorce or death. When we, when we realize that this picture of our perfect Christmas is shattered into pieces, we're left there holding the pieces in our hands and wondering how to put it back together so that we can experience a deeper joy. See, that's what I hope you hold on to this evening. Because the good news of Christmas is that God came to be with us through every circumstance, through everything in life that comes our way. God is with you. He is for you. The angel declares it. So this child of promise that we celebrate today and tomorrow comes with a wonderful promise. He has fulfilled hundreds of promises that God has made. It's written in the Old Testament. It's black and white. God wrote it down for us. We can look back and point and see, yes, here, Bethlehem, born of a maid. Yep, born of a virgin. Check, check, check. And we know that the promises that he makes going forward for us are certain. That brings us the great comfort. Uh, that great gift of comfort that we have at Christmas time. So listen to this angel's message, and this angel's message is for you today too. For, be, uh, do not fear, of course. <laughs> I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And this joy is great, not because it's obvious, but because it is based on God's abundant love. And listen to the sign. Where are we supposed to look for this great joy? This will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. God has come to be with us in Jesus so that we will be with him forever. Amen? Yes. Amen. I invite you to stand. We'll say a prayer and a blessing. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness of all of our sins.
Thank you for the joy that is so deep that it is not affected by our circumstances. We don't look to the things happening around us to find out if you're for us or if you love us, God. We listen to your words and we see the fulfillment of all of your promises in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the reason for this season and we pray your blessings upon all of our celebrations this weekend. In Jesus, our Savior's name we pray. Amen.